0: Hello and welcome to a new episode Tuesday on the Couch Potato Podcast. On this episode, Lucas Snyder joined by our good friend Mark as we sit down to talk about the underrated 1988 action comedy classic Midnight Run. So Thought it'd be pretty good. Uh, before we uh, kick things off this week, uh, thanks to everybody that voted for the Turkey Day Turkey Spectacular. Uh, that actually got quite a bit of. Uh, Votes, so we were pretty pleased with that. Uh, the episode that won, we're doing, Noel Holds Bard, the Hulk Hogan night I think it's 88, '89. I don't know, something like that. Uh, the Hulk Hogan Wrestling Classic. So that'll be fun. That's going to be dropping on Thanksgiving weekend. So thank you to everybody that voted. We had a lot of great choices. It was pretty difficult to choose. So thank you so much for voting. So without further ado, I present to you Midnight Run. De Niro does the shooting. Don't move, I'll shoot you right to the glass. Charles Grogan does the complaining. This is not good. They're the best friends Glad to see me. that ever wanted to kill each other. You get it started, and I'll run you over.
1: From the director of Beverly Hills Cop.
0: Under different circumstances, probably still would have hated each other. <laughs> Midnight Run, rated R. Special sneak preview, Saturday night. Okay, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, with me, usually is Lucas. Lucas, what's going on, man? <laughs> can't say always anymore. <laughs> no, I can't say always anymore.
2: But I'm on a roll this time.
0: Yeah, it's two in a row. That's right. Yeah, well, maybe. Oh, you no, know,
2: busy dude. I, you can't blame me.
0: <laughs> well, you decided that the working a second shift job to support your family was more important than the show that we do for free.
2: I know, what a dickhead I am. Yeah, I
0: know, real SOB. Um, we also got a special guest with us tonight. Uh, the guy that's the inspiration for the Oh Daddy series of romantic novels. Mr. Mark Dyer's back with us this week. Mark, what's going Thank on, dude? Miss.
1: Oh, not much. Sunday night, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah you know. Well, you know, like I, I'm trying, I'm working on giving you like a really good introduction. I, It's still work in progress. I see that. The ultimate dad, Mark Dyer. Yeah, professional dad, Mark Dyer. I
2: don't know if my kids
1: would agree with you.
0: You know, uh, I dropped my kids off today, and I seen uh, my mom was watching uh, Father of the Bride Part 2, and Steve Martin was wearing a long, baggy denim shirt, a uh, white T-shirt, real baggy khaki pants and white shoes, and you were the first person I thought of.
2: Don't have
1: that shirt.
0: Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore got sold at a garage sale a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: probably did, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Garage All right, sale. good deal. All right. Well, uh, on this week's episode, uh, you know, a lot of times we do movies that are pretty much for the masses. You know, we've done the Dark Knight. We've, you know, we've done some big hits, but then sometimes we like to do ones that I dislike or Lucas just likes, and this is one of those. This week, uh, we're doing Midnight Run which is one of my top ten all-time favorite movies. And Lucas actually just watched this for the first time the other day. Am I wrong?
2: That is correct. Yeah, I had never seen it. I actually really never heard of it. I heard you talk about it a few times. But, you know, this came out, I believe, in 88. I was born in 87. So, you know, I was one when this came out. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't really even heard of it. Yeah. Um, What did you think? I thought it was excellent. It was funny. It was fun. There's like, you know, I'll get into a little more specifics about, uh, um, Alonzo, but, uh, like the way that he was played, but yeah, I thought it was actually really excellent.
0: Good. I know, uh, I struck out with you on dirty work a few weeks ago, but I'm glad that movie sucks. No, it doesn't, but I'm glad that a movie (laughs) that I recommend, recommend recommended to you finally pays off. Um, Mark, you're around my, my time frame. When was the first time you've seen Midnight Run?
1: You know, and I knew you were going to ask me that. And I'm thinking, did I just watch this when he mentioned it when we were talking voodoo when we worked at Best Buy? I'm like, no. No, I've seen it before. I think um, when I was in college in Columbus, I had um, time where I would go to the library in Columbus, and they had a massive like film library. And I, I would pick, like, a week where I'd watch, like, somebody's movies. Like, mm-hmm. I did De Niro. I did Al Pacino. I did Marlon Brando. So I think okay. I did probably this movie during that run because I know I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember exactly when. But, you know, because I would go to the library, get a stack of VHS tapes, take them back to my apartment, you know, get as many done as I could within
0: a couple of days. Before you had so. a, a lady friend come over, right? <sighs> Yeah, I guess.
1: That's that's the first wife. We won't talk about that.
2: Sensitive subject.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I used to do that too when I worked at a video store. I would just get on an actor run and just like rent like everything that I could possibly get a hold of from them. Like that's how I seen Serpico for the first time. That's how I seen uh, Dog Day Afternoon. I seen a lot of De Niro stuff for the first time. Yes. Doing that. Um for me though, like I seen Midnight Run. I know some of the movies we've done. Were part of the the old HBO Showtime run that I used to watch a lot of as a kid. And Midnight Run was on cable all the time as a kid. This is one of those movies that I would catch. You know, like the scene where uh, the FBI and the mobs chasing after De Niro and Grodin. Or I've caught it to where, you know, uh, Dennis Farina tells his lawyer to have a cream soda. Or... <laughs> You know, like, hey, moron number one, put more on number two on the phone. I'd always catch it at some point. Like, okay, I'm going to sit and watch this for a little while. Plus, this movie is very influential in my life because it taught me how to swear the right way. Dude, they say fucker
2: and motherfucker and fucking so many times in this. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's right up my alley. That is my every other word vernacular. <laughs>
0: I was going I mean, to try to keep track of how many times they said it, and I gave up after a while. I was like, all right, I'm just done. Like, I know they say it a shitload. When, when I
1: sat down to watch the movie again, um, and it, I saw R-rating, I went, why is this R-rated? I don't remember anything that really stood out. And then De Niro starts, and i went, oh, okay, yeah. That's where this is going. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> his tirades were great. Um, Lucas, I am going to ask you first. Um, when... Uh, since you kind of don't know, like, the whole, like, 80s run as well as, like, Mark and I, like, the 80s was, like, the birth of the buddy, the mismatched duo that kind of always went on some kind of adventure, whether it's cops or whatever. Um, how familiar are you with that genre? Like, you know, you got, like, Lethal Weapon, pure um, luck.
2: I've, yeah, I've seen Lethal Weapon, but I'm not, you know, necessarily
0: familiar with the the buddy comedy. Well, the only reason I even bring this up is uh, a few weeks ago on the Toy Story episode, um, producer Adam and I were talking about like the best movie duos. Because, I mean, Buzz and Woody's obviously a very iconic duo. And mm-hmm. I really struggled with trying to figure out, you know, at the time, because it was one of those questions that just came to me like right before we started recording. So mm-hmm. now I've had a few weeks to let this fester. So uh, I'll defer to Mark. Uh, Mark, where would you rank like Grodin and De Niro in terms of like the buddy... And the buddy duos of all time.
1: I don't know. You see, your your problem. My problem here is that you you want this in your top ten movies of like that you love. For me, it, it's not there, so I don't. All right. Really well, it was
0: that. a good run, everybody. We will catch you next week. Since <laughs> spark wants to shit on it.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't know. I mean, I I see it after seeing the movie again, but I don't know. I do know the, the chemistry is not completely there as far as I'm concerned. Really? Between the two. Yeah. Uh, do tell. I mean, if you're going to compare it to say lethal weapon, you know, that's, that's got good chemistry with Mel Gibson and, um, um, Danny. Oh, Jesus. Danny, yeah, Danny. Jesus, Clever, yeah.
0: Mark. Come on, man. You're making us sound even more bush <laughs> bushly than we he already terrible.
1: are. <laughs> terrible. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 I think the thing I like about this, as far as the buddy thing goes, is they didn't, we didn't get a white actor or a black actor, you know? You got, and, 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 I, and it sounds bad, but just, it's how it comes across. It was, it was two white guys going across country. And it, it it kind of played against what was going on at the time, as, as far as, like, the other movies that were out. Because um, a lot of buddy movies have something that's, like, two, completely different, so... And like, you, like we said earlier, they, if you get into who they originally tried to, try to cast, which you can get into in a moment, but. So, no, um, it's good.
2: I, 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 just actually, I have to disagree with you, Mark. I thought the chemistry was actually really good. And I thought it worked really well because they were completely polar opposites in this movie. All right. You know, one of them was like.
1: Well, we, we get you, you've got a category where we recast people. And I got a couple of ideas that might work a little better maybe, but. I don't know. Oh,
0: I can't wait to hear this. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, no, like I But I mean I mean I'm also you know, I'm trying to come up with interesting things to say, but I'm not gonna downplay the movie any any like any anyway, because it's
0: still um I don't know. It it's a great movie, it really is. Well, I'm with Lucas, so like I think De Niro and Groden are great together. I think like you were saying, like they just are completely opposites to one another. And like I know uh You know, De Niro kind of tones down his tough guy role a little bit, and I just think that I can't picture anybody else because, like, you know, we were saying we're going to get into who else was considered for this in a in a few minutes, but I don't think that if you really replace anybody, like, especially Grodin, I think this movie doesn't work well without Charles Grodin in it. I mean, Um, I don't know what you guys think. Say,
2: like, I feel like the hard ass of De Niro versus. Kind of like the everyday, I don't want to say meek or weak, but he's he, just he very neurotic. Yeah, he he almost was like a tough guy with his nerdy friend. Is
0: mm-hmm. almost
2: what it seemed like. Somebody that was too smart for his own good, mm-hmm. and then having to put up with that as as a tough guy.
0: Nero
1: had his conscience running around with him. Is what it was.
0: Yeah, that that's the best yeah. way you could put it. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, we'll get into this debate a little bit more when we get into uh, Mark's casting what-ifs, because uh, I don't have any, so this will be fun to open up the forum here. Uh, we'll get into the tale of tape here real quick. Um, this movie was released on July 20th, 1988. This stars Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, Joe Pantoliano, with an awesome mullet, uh, Dennis Dance. Farina, Yepet Cotto, and John Ashton. Directed by Martin Brest, who actually... The movie he did before this was the original Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scored 94% from critics and 87% from audiences. Box office was $81.6 million on a $35 million budget, which actually during the research found out this is the first big hit Robert De Niro ever had in his career at the box office. Huh. Yeah, considering like all the movies he's been in, especially like Taxi Driver, Godfather Two, this is his first big box office hit.
1: I thought Martin Brest had something in between this though that was decent.
0: No, uh, Martin Brest has done uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He did Midnight Run, then he did Scent of a Woman, then he did Meet Joe Black, and then he did um, Oh shit! What's the Affleck J Lo Turn? Geely. Geely. Yeah. Those are the only five movies he has ever made. I guess apparently he has a reputation for being extremely difficult to work with. Okay. Hence why he's only had five movies in the old arsenal there.
2: I also have that reputation depending on who you ask.
0: Yeah, very difficult. That's why he's not on here all the time now. So Lucas will probably be gone for like the next three weeks. So expect a (laughs) rotating uh, collection of guest hosts, and then he'll be back in mid-December. I got to go blow off some steam somewhere. Yeah. Um, this didn't win any awards and streaming on Peacock and Netflix. Whoa. Yeah. We go from not having movies being on any streaming service to where you got your choice of streaming services. I, I think maybe
1: um, the reason Martin doesn't uh, do any movies anymore is because Lee killed his career. So,
0: Well, I mean, let's be real. Like, Beverly Hills Cop and this movie are fantastic. I, if you're going to give an, a, an Oscar for an actor of uh, Al Pacino's caliber, I think Sin of a Woman is probably.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's no, more right. of a
0: makeup Oscar. I think yeah. that movie's okay, yeah. but not great. Uh, I think Meet Joe Black sucks, and Geely is awful.
1: I don't think it was bad as they said it was. Honestly, Well, Geely or I Meet mean, Joe Black? both maybe I don't know Geely I tried watching it I guess but yeah, it's got some really dumb moments that's
0: just why there's more than a few shit shit dumb yo yeah exactly I think that's on one of the reviews of the movie it's just it's a <laughs> yeah, shit dumb yo yeah, yeah, and that's it dumb, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in the New York okay, Times
1: move, look okay moving on to this better movie so
0: right all right well the re- William Somerset research corner um I guess a uh, funny story that uh, De Niro, I guess, wanted to go into uh, something a little bit more lighthearted because he had just come off the Untouchables. He'd done King of Comedy. And of course, you know, he's notorious for playing, like, either mob bosses or, like, these really dark characters. So he wanted to do something a little bit more lighthearted. And I guess he was really interested in playing the Josh Baskin role in Big.
2: Which I think is Tom Hanks is really
0: good in. Yeah, I think De Niro comes off as really creepy as a 13-year-old kid. (laughs) Just a little. Um, But he got turned down, which, of course, everybody knows that that role went to Tom Hanks. So he was offered the role of Jack Walsh in Midnight Run, which he, of course, got. And then um, I guess Paramount had the rights to this, and uh, when they first uh, decided to go forward with this, they had Harrison Ford lined up as Jack Walsh and Chevy Chase as the Duke. Now I, I could see, I see that could probably, working.
2: I could well. I could probably see Chevy Chase working for Charles Grodin, maybe.
0: I, I think Harrison Ford and Chevy Chase. I could. I think that would work. I don't know if it to me it would work as well as what ended up being the final product, but I think it would have worked okay. Um, yeah. I guess once they had De Niro Casa, they wanted to get a big star to play the Duke. And they even considered casting Cher, who was an A-lister at the time. She'd won an Oscar for, uh, was that Moonstruck? Yeah. And I guess they wanted to have some kind of sexual tension between De Niro and Cher. Um, But Martin Brest shot that down almost immediately, which I guess kind of makes sense now. Can you imagine uh, De Niro telling uh, Cher he's going to shove her head in the toilet?
2: (laughs) No, but I would like to. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, Jack, you ever
0: had sex with an animal? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that. <laughs> Mark, you're not coming with the big share impression tonight? No, no, no. Um, I guess after uh, the share idea got shot down by director Martin Brest, uh, they actually uh, reached out to Robin Williams, who expressed interest in playing the role, and he was going to come in and audition, but Martin Brest had already cast Charles Grodin to play the Duke because he liked the chemistry that him and De Niro had, which uh, good thing Mark Dyer wasn't casting. This movie, we wouldn't have gotten Grodin and De Niro. Um, I could see
2: Mark doing this movie. <laughs> I really could. Like he, he seen, you know, it's no disrespect, Mark. You're a nerd. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, in the nicest way. Okay, um, so. But I could see you being like, an S- like they, stealing a whole bunch of money from some this, fucking
1: yeah, mobster. The, the Jack Walsh character was. Also considered for Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, Michael Keaton, Richard Gere, Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, Charles Bronson, Gene Hackman, Don Johnson, Tommy Lee Jones, John Travolta, Schwarzenegger, and Stallone. Like, all those people were, like, considered for this role.
0: Yeah, it's I was looking cool. at this. There was a ton of people they had considered for uh, a bunch of roles in this movie. Yeah. Um, think I think I, I know John Goodman was considered at one point for, I think it was Martin, the John Ashton role. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess after De Niro and Grodin got cast, Paramount didn't want anything to do with it because they wanted a big star to play with De Niro. So they dropped the movie and Universal picked it up and then the rest is history which fun fact De Niro and Robin Williams went on to make Awakenings a few years later. Never seen it. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's it's well
1: acted. They both got nominated for that, didn't they, Russ?
2: I uh
0: they I, I that's also that's also directed by Penny Marshall who did Big. So, I think De Niro did. I don't know if Robin Williams did or not. I thought he did. Well, we'll look it up here. Uh, Well, I'll look it up while you guys are doing your bits of research. They made three made-for-TV sequels to this. uh, Another Midnight Run, Midnight Runaround, and Midnight Run for Your Life that aired 1994 as part of uh, Universal's action Pack block of programming that ran on local TV stations in the 90s. Jack Walsh was played by the incomparable Christopher McDonald, who you may know as Shooter McGavin. Happy I
2: don't know
0: anymore. what they put in the water, but it gets harder and harder to leave that <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last bit that I have is uh Charles Grodin has permanent scars on his wrist from the uh actual handcuffs they used. They had rubber and plastic handcuffs, but De Niro thought it would work better with the real ones. So Charles Grodin spends the majority of the movie in real handcuffs, and his wrists are scarred for life because of it. And that's all I have. So I will look up the uh the awakenings oscar noms and i will let lucas you go ahead and give us what you have for your william somerset research corner
2: okay yeah you guys actually covered a lot of what i had um i did have that bruce willis was considered to be de niro's co-star as one of the ones that wasn't mentioned really uh, because, bruce willis
0: yeah, yeah that it oh that doesn't work at all
2: this is before he was in Die Hard, so, you know, he was still doing, what was it, it was comedy, right?
0: He had done uh, was Blind Date. Uh, ye No, this was the Die same Hard year. In no, Die Hard was 88. This actually, Die Hard and this movie came out, I think, a week apart from each other. Okay.
2: Yeah, so he wasn't the big action star yet. Right. Um the, Yeah, and then I had Groden had the scars for life. Uh, Yafet Koto,
0: is that how you say his name? Yeah, Yafet Kodo.
2: Um, he wasn't sure if they were filming a uh, comedy or drama throughout the whole thing, Um, which I think kind of shows. You know, I said I was going to circle around to this. I think because his character always seems so fucking serious in this movie mm-hmm. when everyone else seems like they're, you know, it's a little more lighthearted. He always just seems so pissed off throughout this whole movie, which mm-hmm. I find... I found absolutely hilarious, incidentally.
0: I guess he yeah, didn't yeah. get along with Martin Brest very well. I had heard, or I, there's a couple of really good uh, oral histories on this movie. Uh, Esquire did one, and uh, I think Rolling Stone did one too. They refer, uh, Cotto referred to Martin Brest as the Fuhrer a couple <laughs> times during filming because, like, he's, <laughs> Martin Brest is reno, uh, known for, like, he can't settle for one take. He has to do numerous takes of the same scene over and over again.
2: Yeah, that would get on my nerves, especially if if you feel like you nailed it, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, the first time you do it. Right. Oh, by the Um, way, uh, De Niro did get nominated for an Oscar for Awakenings. Robin Williams did not.
2: Okay. Um, The last one I have is uh, the script originally had Marvin dying in the scene where Serrano's thugs knock him out. Uh, But they felt the climax, and uh, the climax would be less dramatic and suspenseful without him.
0: And plus you can't so, kill more you know, that guy's fucking awesome.
2: <laughs> that guy's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> He's one of those guys that's like, like the little brother that just won't go away.
0: Yeah. For like six months after I'd seen this as a kid, I called my younger brother, fucko. Thanks to John Ashton. <laughs> Perfect. I told you, dude. All right, what like, you
2: got? No, Mark? go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Um, some of the things they had was, uh, just the fact that De Niro spent time with uh, like real bounty hunters to get into the mindset of his method acting. And then, um, and the other thing was, but he spent a lot of time doing that. Gordon, on the other hand, just called his agent and just wanted to know how to, uh, chisel away some money from people. Mm. (laughs) I also found this really cool. Like they shot most of the movie, like in the United States, but, the one scene where they go in the river, they had to actually go to New Zealand to shoot it because the water was too cold in Arizona to do it. Really? So it's like,
2: yeah, yeah, that scene where it came like, out okay. of the water. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. too
0: cold. Yeah, I didn't come across that. It was actually really cool. But um,
1: that's I mean that's really bad. I mean I saw the Marvin thing and um, the handcuffs thing. i would read i would read before. Mm-hmm. So. But I mean, the fact that De Niro spent all his time with people that were like that or are like that kind of makes sense for his style, I guess. Mm
0: -hmm. Actually, after seeing this movie as a kid, I wanted to be a bounty hunter. Then I found out as I got older that it's not a very lucrative job. So I decided not to do it. Yeah. (laughs)
2: That's why he threatens to beat the shit out
0: of the bail bondsman the whole time. (laughs) Joe Pantliano, once again, fantastic mullet. Joey Pants. Um. So is that all you guys got for the research stuff? Yeah. All right, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Um. That takes us to the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake.
1: I drink it up.
0: Um, Mark, I'll let you lead off. Uh, what do you have?
1: Best scene.
0: I mean, I know you don't like the movie that much, so this might be a stretch. No, I do. I do. <laughs>
1: um. And I feel bad because I didn't really think of one. Cause I watched the movie in two pe- pieces, so I'm Mark, that's but... how I watch
0: every single episode we do. I I fall asleep in the chair, so I basically this is stretched <laughs> out like the old miniseries days of the eighties. I'd have to watch like um, midnight run over three nights. That's no good. No, it's not, but hey, yeah. I gotta make do with the situation at hand.
1: I I think if I have a best scene, I'm gonna pick the airport scene where they get Serrano. Just because, with everything that this two characters have gone through, and you've gone through the, with them, and this two hours, this this payoff like really works really well for the movie,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it satisfies most of everything that's going on. With obviously, without me saying, hey, what, this is what happens at the actual end.
0: You know what? This is movie the- came out eighty eight. We've have spoiled movies plenty of time on the show. Okay.
1: Well, the fact that De Niro gets paid by Grodin's character is, you know. Just, it was it was a very satisfying ending, you know. It was a very Hollywood ending, if you will. But um, I think the airport scene like made it really, really like the suspense the suspense was there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really so good scene, like, especially after so Marvin decides to interject himself in that too. Plus, oh, yeah. I've I've yeah. never been inside of an airport. I've always wanted to yell "Serrano's got the disc in an airport. <laughs> and I think when I fly, exactly. I, I we plan on flying out somewhere to the west coast next year i think i might try that <laughs> just yell serrano's got the disc the
2: tsa just comes and tackles you
0: yeah then i'm not going anywhere yep um lucas what do you have as your favorite scene of the movie
2: uh i liked when they went into red's corner store mm-hmm. and posed as the fbi agents and stole the money <laughs> all the uh litmus hilarious.
0: configuration
2: yep the yes. litmus configuration which by the way that was ad-libbed
0: mm-hmm. I, I did see that that,
2: so that was ad-libbed well, yeah, That was good And then uh, when they jump on the train, uh, you know, the guy, Red's watching him out the window. I, uh, they jump, they jump on the train and lose all the, he fucking loses all the groceries. And then he won't let him on the train. He climbs up over it and grabs a hold of him and inside the train. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Like I always get a kick out of that bit when uh, they ask, Grodin asked him, like, why they call you Red. He's like, it's short for Redwood. And it turns out his name is not like, has nothing to do with Red. His name's Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good scene too. I have, I really like the chase sequence where Grodin ends up in the and De Niro end up in the river. I like that whole sequence leading up to that. I always thought that was so cool as a kid when uh, De Niro shoots the blade on the helicopter and the helicopter spins. I was like, "Fuck, can you really do that?"
2: You probably could, but it would be one. It'd be like a once-in-a-lifetime shot. That
1: scene—that scene's actually in the trailer. I rewatched it a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like going, "He's he's doing this whole where squinking his eye and pointing the gun." I'm like going, uh, I don't know, "Bobby, that's a little, <laughs> a little overacting there." But I mean, it's cool when it comes out. So,
0: yeah, I was, i always thought that was so cool. And then, of course, you get like, just once again, Marvin gets foiled. Oh man, that it, poor
2: guy. He gets fucking punched and knocked out, every, like, was it like five times in this
0: movie? At least five times in this movie. Kind of makes you wonder if he doesn't have CTE down the road.
1: Yeah. You're watching the movie, too, when um, Agent Mosley seals his cigarettes, and he kind of goes, I should quit. it will save us both money. hmm Yeah. That's the other way around. <laughs> so it's like, you, you watch the movie, is he,
0: he going to do it again? Huh? Um, I know for me, I I think... Like I, I, I do like the chase sequence, but I think my favorite scene is the uh, when De Niro and Grodin are in the box car. Yeah, and then they kind of like they start to warm up to one another. Mm-hmm. Which uh, when I was reading uh, about this movie, I guess Martin Bress went to Grodin and said, "Hey, you know, say whatever you can to get De Niro to crack up in the scene." And he says, "Like, how about them chickens?" And then De Niro finally cracks it. Yeah, there's a couple that I would have taken a run at. Yeah, that was completely, like, they tried to say anything they could to get De Niro to crack up.
1: And you can't see Cher doing that? Oh, easily. But, Mark, I I really
0: need you to do that in your best Cher impression.
1: No. No. Not even Producer Adam would have tried
0: it. Lucas can do it.
2: I can't even think of Cher's voice. Don't you have to, like add a shit ton of bass to your voice and sound like some dude
0: in order to get Cher? I I don't think she's got a deep voice. I mean, she doesn't sound like Biggie Smalls or anything.
2: (laughs) I want to hear her rap that.
0: Well, hey, you know what? Maybe down the road you'll get Cher raps like 90s. It'd be the East Coast, West Coast hits from Cher. I like it. Yeah, you have her do a little Puff Daddy. She'll do some Biggie. She'll do some, some Tupac. Maybe some N.W.A. Ooh. Um, so what wins? What's the best scene in the movie?
2: Uh, Not everybody jumping in once.
0: <laughs>
2: huh So why don't you be the deciding factor?
0: Well, I'm going to go with my pick. <laughs> okay.
2: I mean, it's yeah, a good well, scene. It's, it's, scene it's hard to argue with
0: it. Yeah. All right. Compelling stuff, fellas. Compelling stuff. <laughs> All right. So we're going with the the boxcar scene then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. The I don't like sand, it's coarse and rough award.
1: I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere.
0: I didn't really have anything for this. I think this movie's pretty well done throughout there's nothing i would really cut out of it uh mark i will start with you besides getting rid of the whole thing what would you like to see cut out of the movie
1: um and i thought about this one and i'm like i'm trying not to pick on the movie but the scene between him and his daughter in chicago kind of bugged me because i mean okay so this guy has this integrity where he's not going to take money from anybody but he's going to leave his kid for a number of years i mean i get he was in that situation but i still thought i was just like ah. It just felt awkward to me. Well,
0: I think that's the like whole point of it, it though. I think it's meant to feel awkward.
1: Well, I mean... Because he hasn't
0: seen his kids in, like, nine years, and, like, his right, ex-wife's so remarried to a guy on the Chicago police force who's a captain now, who... Well, if he they, had more
1: integrity, he would actually stick around for his kid.
0: You know? Well, I mean, I guess you could say... Yeah, I mean, you could, but, you know... It, it, it brings doubt to, my, to, to the character that De is trying to play, so... Well, he never said he would take a payoff from a criminal right so which I mean that doesn't necessarily you know he doesn't claim to be the like, the world's best dad, right, but I mean
1: say this there's a scene I don't like that's it so
0: yeah, all right, fair enough. I mean, I actually you know, think it's a really need, good scene because it's you, you know, know you don't really need the kid to even be there you know, it's just to say oh
1: he he knows you know she has he has a kid showing her just kind of like goes, you know.
0: well, where else were they gonna get the car from then?
1: I don't know. Well, she did give me money too. So uh, he All didn't take the money, in.
0: though. Well, oh, she tried. Yeah, she, she tried. So. She's like, I, I can't take that. So
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a dad, but I'm also gonna take your money. I don't want that payoff either. So
0: well, I mean, I kind of expected that since you are the world's greatest dad. You got that T-shirt sure. to prove it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I see <laughs> Lucas look to see if he's actually wearing one. I, you, you never know. Oh my God! Don't make me change shirts. I got one. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. We don't need the gun show tonight, I'm get, Lucas. Let me
1: take the shirt off for I'll get the shirt though.
0: So,
2: um, I actually I wrote down that scene with the daughter. I don't think it's a bad scene, and I don't think it's unnecessary.
0: It just bum me out. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, like, I'm sure it's he would rather. He even al- says later on that he hopes that him and his white ex wife ex-wife could get back together in the boxcar. So, yeah,
2: and then he finally tells him you know, Duke finally tells him that it's time to let it go and move on,
0: which, mm-hmm.
2: you know, it's true. And, like, it's just, I don't know, that scene just really bummed me out.
0: Yeah, it's kind of sad watching him, like, struggle to even have any kind of conversation at all with his kid. Yeah,
2: because I've seen, well, I've lived that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. And it's just, it's awkward when you're around a parent that you haven't seen in years and years. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, it's awkward being around my dad after, you know, like, he moved out when I was 12 and
0: moved to Florida. Mm-hmm.
2: Now I'm bringing down the podcast and everybody looks at me real sad.
0: Sorry. No, I, oh. I think the podcast had already taken a turn towards the worst when uh, you guys didn't put up any kind of argument for the best scene of the movie. You just <laughs> laid down and played dead. Well, it, it was a good scene. It's a good scene. I was hoping for a little bit of pushback, at least from Mark. I mean, I know he hates this I mean, movie. Come all. on, De going to do it with a chicken. Who doesn't want to see that? Uh, I don't, I don't want to see him. Butter. I don't
1: know what kind of shit you're into. <laughs> there you brought up again. So,
0: all right. Well, I mean, I didn't really have anything, so I guess we will award the uh, the the award to the De Niro meets his daughter again and goes to get money and a car from his ex-wife. We'll give it to that. Fair enough. The uh, King Kong ain't got shit on me award for the best line of the movie. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Lucas, what do you have?
2: Uh, I have the part where the Duke says, "You can't steal a truck," and Walsh said, "You were stealing a plane." <laughs> like I thought, I just thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah, you were stealing a whole fucking plane from uh, the Indian reserve. He was like mm. stealing their probably one of their only sources of income, their crop-dusting
0: plane. I do like that scene, too, where he's trying to chase him on the airplane.
2: <laughs> Land Landis fucking thing. Great, Great Danny Elfman score
0: in that, too, by the way.
2: Oh, yeah, I saw that, too.
0: Yeah, Danny Elfman's awesome in this. Um, Mark, what do you have for your favorite line of the movie?
1: I like the one you said earlier. Is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone. Yeah. I think, our, I think our introduction to um, Dennis Farina was just Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, this is like his second movie, and then we get him for the next, what, 20-some years? Plus? Was this his
0: second movie? I, th- I thought so, yeah. Because um, I know he's in Thief, the the Michael Mann movie. Oh, no, it's like his fifth movie. Something like that. I'm sorry. Well, I know they had to film all of his stuff in Vegas because he was doing a uh, Crime Story, right. the television show. All right. Yeah, Dennis Farina's greatness, too. He possible nominee for the uh, McLovin later. hmm Possible, so, but I
1: mean, I, it, I and I thought about this too, you know. Um, when we do this category, um, you're looking for like kind of a one liner, but the thing about this movie that's really good is the whole script is good. I mean, this is a well written script, Martin Breast did a fabulous job with it. It's a shame it didn't get nominated for original script or screenplay. There's you know? a few
0: uh Oscar snubs for this movie, but uh, I won't get into that today.
1: So, but I mean, yeah, I think it, most of the dialogue is really good between De Niro. And, well, anything De Niro says, mm-hmm. the sunglasses scene in the car with the feds—I mean, that's hysterical. So,
2: yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was looking for my best line. Like, there's not a one best line; it's dialogue between people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and all of it's good.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Um, I have the uh, when uh, Groden is uh Telling him, like, basically, you know, telling him to calm down. He basically tells him, uh, to here's two words for you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which I thought the word, sh- I thought the line shut the fuck up because I think they use it five or six times in this movie at least. So I'm going to go with that one just simply because it's used so much in the movie and in Lucas's everyday life. Yeah. And it, like I said, it, that phrase is probably one of the uh, the phrases that uh, sculpted me as the uh, the upstanding adult that I am now.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said sh- like when we all work together. I'm pretty sure I I told Mark a time
0: or two to shut the fuck up. I think we all have. I'm sure. <laughs> I think we've all told him that once or twice. All right. Out, out, purely out of love. Uh, maybe me not so much. Um, all right. So what's getting this one, guys? Uh, I like the uh, uh, what more on one put
2: more on two on
0: the film. yeah I'll give it to that just because it's you know Mark brought up a great point it's a great introduction to Dennis Farina's character who Dennis Farina one of the awesome character actors of our time I fucking love that dude anything he's in oh yeah yeah definitely to say when I've seen
2: him I feel like he plays the same character in something else that I've seen him he in.
0: generally plays a tough guy mob boss cop. Something like that. He used to be a cop, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he was. I think
1: you remember reading that a long time ago.
0: Yeah, he used to be. I think he was a police officer in Chicago, and he retired and became an actor. so that's quite
2: the uh, career journey.
0: Yeah, that's um, what I need to do. Just retire from what I'm doing. Just become an actor somewhere.
2: There you go. There you
0: go. All right. Uh, Dennis, Dennis
1: peaked a little bit when he hit, hit Get Shorty. Oh, so dude. Really,
0: Dude, Get Shorty. I f- fucking love that movie. It's going to oh, be yeah. a movie oh, yeah. that we're going to do down the road. Ray Barboni <laughs> is fantastic in that movie.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Lucas, have you seen Get Shorty? Uh,
2: you know, I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. I remember seeing some of it, but I don't know if I've seen it and it's been so long. Lucas, look at me. Uh, yes,
0: look daddy. At me. Yes, look daddy. At me. It's it's I'm a light.
2: <laughs> I'm looking at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dennis Farina kills it and gets shorty. And as a matter of fact, I will go on record as saying that I actually like Travolta better and get shorty than I do Pulp Fiction. Wow.
2: Well, that's high praise.
0: That is very high praise. And I think Mark's walking away now. He's like, man, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. This fucking (laughs) Bush league. No, no. I agree with you totally. This Bush league show. Yeah. Yeah. Travolta just comes off as super cool in that movie. And then I think after that is that slow descent back to uh, directed DVD stuff after that. I mean, he made a lot of, ho- like, you know, theatrical stuff after that. But, like, I don't think it got much better for him after Pulp Fiction and Get Shorty.
2: It's actually funny you bring him up. I seen a TikTok the other day. The guy's got a goddamn 757 in his driveway.
0: Yeah, he's a licensed pilot, isn't he?
2: I don't yeah, know. I thought he was. He's got a big old fucking jumbo jet in his goddamn driveway though.
0: Oh you Wish don't I had
2: that kind of money. You don't? If I've I got do, there's a if I do then it crash landed there.
0: Yeah, I've got one. Taking it to work tomorrow. Lucas like, where they at? <laughs> yeah. Where at? <laughs> I thought everybody had a jumbo jet in their driveway. In their Haas. In their Haas. All right. Um so uh, we're giving it to the moron number one, moron number two. Okay, I'm good with that. Uh, now, this is the category that I was curious because there's a lot of uh, guys that like great character actors in this movie. So this one, I think, was going to be a pretty good category. The McLovin Award for the Best Supporting Performance.
2: I am McLovin.
0: Uh, I will lead off. Uh, my nominee is John Ashton Is Marvin. Fucking love that dude. He always like gets the shit into the stick. He taught me how to say fucko. <laughs> he's really Plus good. He
2: fucking opens his door and hits a guy while he's driving by.
0: Yeah, which
2: that just automatically makes you cool.
0: Feel bad for him because I know for a fact that as he gets older, he probably has CTE or some kind of neurological disorder. Um, and <laughs> also got me thinking like, is John like John Ashton still alive? But like, he never really. Like he was kind of big in the late '80s, and then fell off the face of the the earth. Like I didn't see him in anything really after after. It was cop two?
1: His biggest two. movie weos big, was Gone Baby Gone in two thousand seven. Um, he did a movie in twenty twenty called Death in Texas, which I don't know what that is. So.
0: So outside of the Gone Baby Gone, he really hasn't done anything yeah. since Midnight Run well, in '89
1: or '88. Also, directed movie directed video movies. So he's been in stuff. You know, it's probably somebody you'll see. It just, you have to take the time to watch the little stuff that it's probably not any good anyway. That guy should
0: fire his fucking agent because like between being in Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 and this should have had a bigger career. He at least been in a TV show. He he did ship some shows. It looked like. Could have been in uh, uh, NYPD Blue. Could have been, I uh, that. Like, been the Dennis France character.
1: He did a law and order.
0: But he wasn't the star of a television show.
1: No, no, no. It just bit parts.
0: Yeah, see, that guy that guy deserves better. Deserves better. Well, that's my nominee. Uh, Mark, who do you have as the, your nominee for the McLovin? I, honestly, I,
1: I think it's a three-way tie between Yafet, Cotto, John Aston, and Dennis Farina.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, all three of them, like, in all three of their, like, points in the movie were really good. They're memorable, good characters, well-written. Um, Carlo for characters, too. So, it's hard to have one stand out for the other, and each of them are, like, necessary for the story. Mm-hmm. Not so much John Aston's character. You could probably do without his character. me <gasps> May- I said maybe. Maybe. It's a good you foil to do but I'm just saying. <laughs> He's kind of, um... It all works together. So, mm.
0: but like you have to pick. You have to pick one.
1: I am going to go with Yafet. Okay, better. I'm good with that. I just, just the whole. I'm agent. Mo, I'm agent Mosley. You know the whole thing through that. Just because, like he, Lucas said earlier, he's not sure if he's being serious or if he's been doing a comedy role. So it comes off like pretty hard. <laughs>
0: Well, I would imagine between working with Martin Brest and having a fever throughout the entire production of the movie, oh, yeah. would probably oh, put yeah. you in a cranky mood. <clears throat> All right, Lucas, who's your nominee?
2: Um, I had two, but I'll just I'll just pick the the one um, because I had Cotto and I had John Ashton, but I I actually don't like John Ashton better. I just think he brings, unlike what Mark said, trying to get rid oh. of him. Nah, I'm just kidding. He, he brings the comedy relief to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Because you can just imagine somebody... Uh, just somebody that you're picking on, you know, over and over again. Just fucking with them all the time. And then they finally, you know, get one over on you. Mm-hmm. And then you still get one over on them. That's yeah. the character. And it's just... Because we all know somebody is like that. Mm-hmm. Here's this
1: guy. We're going to punch him in the face through the whole movie.
2: For good and reason, he,
1: too.
2: And then he finally, you know, gets his guy and he makes a stupid deal instead of going to take the cash that he should have taken the right way. Mm-hmm. He fucks himself in that way and just ruins the whole thing for himself.
0: So Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's interesting that you guys, with your nominees, that uh, kind of tells you how good Kodo uh, and Ashton are that no one mentioned Joey Pants. Oh yeah, he was
1: really. Joey. Joey's done. I, I think Joey's done that. I, I feel like he's done that sort of thing before, like that
2: tone. I don't know.
0: Kind of a slime ball. That's kind of like his thing, isn't yeah. it?
2: The... Yeah, it's kind of his thing. You know, I was thinking yeah. that when I was watching it. I, because you know me, I'm re, I'm not as good with movies as you guys are, but I remember people and I kind of remember remember characters, and I feel like he has done that in another movie that I've seen.
0: Oh geez. So I,
1: looked, I, I looked at his um, movies he's been in. And I went, there's a bunch of those I haven't seen. And, you know, we all know Goonies, you know, but then there's there's uh,
0: the Matrix. Now he's the pimp and risky business. But
1: the thing is, it's one of his better roles that's not slimy is he's in Bad Boys 1, 2, and 3. And you remember him as that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
2: but he's still, like, I don't know, it, maybe it's his, just his distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he always just seemed, even when he's, like, the captain good guy in uh, Bad Boys. He still seems like a slime ball to me.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, are we giving this to Yafet Kodo then, since uh, you both nominated him for that? I
2: don't know. I'm good with either him or Ashton.
0: Okay. Two-way tie. We'll give it to both of them.
2: There you go. You can't go wrong with either one of them, like Mark said.
0: Yeah. Both, uh, I don't know if uh, Yafet yeah, kota just passed away recently, which is unfortunate because uh, we did have a twenty-five dollar gift card to Texas Roadhouse <laughs> to award the uh, to the winner of the McLovin, but we'll That's save that for next bullshit. time. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. I don't have twenty-five dollars <laughs> to didn't. my name. Um, do uh, I guess the next category is the unsolved mysteries of the movie?
1: Join perhaps you. Be able to help solve a mystery.
0: I had, I've kind of answered, uh, does Marvin have CTE in his later years? (laughs) Is he in a home now relying on people to take care of him because of all the head trauma he suffered just in this movie? He has no idea where he is. No, he has no idea that he could have captured the Duke. He has no idea who Jack Walsh is.
2: No, the Jack Walsh is like the one person he remembers. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, he has it written down. He has his fucking credit card number written down. That's true.
1: He canceled it. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lucas, I know you had a couple uh, mysteries that you needed help solving. So what do you got?
2: Yeah, why wasn't Mosley ever in trouble for having his badge stolen as an FBI agent?
0: Well, I mean, for me, I think it's the fact they caught Jimmy Serrano. So all that shit gets swept under the rug. But before
2: that, I mean, they didn't know that he was going to catch
0: him. You know, I bet he didn't tell anybody that. Yeah, probably but, would. But his little fucking sidekick idiots knew. Dude, if that guy is staring you down, are you going to fucking rat him out? I sure as hell wouldn't. Like, oh, okay, boss. What stolen badge? He just had,
1: he just had that scene where the, the one guy comes up to him and he goes, "It's not
0: going to be good news, is it?" He goes, "Uh, oh, no." He
1: goes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he probably didn't report his badge stolen at all.
1: He was in the heat of battle. It didn't matter, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And at the end of the day, they caught Serrano, so mm-hmm. all is forgiven. Just like, you know, De Niro impersonating an FBI agent didn't get him in trouble at the end of the day. That's true. Liable to get in much more trouble impersonating an FBI agent than losing your FBI badge. Right. Also got swept under the rug. Hollywood
2: really um, ending. So the Duke uh, was set free, right? hmm. But he was still a bail jumper. So where do you suppose he went when he was set free?
0: I think he's in a, on some island somewhere. With his wife? Or Yeah. No?
2: Oh, yeah. He, I know he loved her, but she was all the way across
0: the country. I'm sure he, he found a way to get back to her. I think they're. I'm sure he left
1: her some cash. We're beaten here.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they probably come up with, like, if we get separated, here's point A, we'll meet here. I've got money stashed here. Go here, get money, meet me down here, and I'll catch up to you.
2: You think he stole the Native American's plane to get where he needed to go?
0: I don't know, man. Like, the way that, like, once he gets him out of the plane and the way that thing kind of just shimmies when it hits that car, I don't think that plane's getting very far. That's true.
2: Those were my two unsolved mystery questions.
0: All right, Mark, do you have anything that...
1: Not really, no. there's. Uh, I'm I mean, sure you've probably psychoanalyzed
0: everything. World. Like, that, that doesn't make any sense. That's just bad no. screenplay writing. No. <laughs> it's amateur hour here at Midnight Run. Okay, the last category we have is the who wins the movie. The I'm the King of the World Award. I'm the King of the World! Lucas, who wins this movie for you?
2: Uh, for me, it's the two main stars, but it could also be the director. And really, it could be everybody but just because the movie is just a really fun watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I, I saw online that they call it the Casablanca of buddy movies or buddy comedies. Um, I just I feel like you know, I, I agree with with Mark in a way that. That uh, it's an odd chemistry, but I believe, and I disagree that I think it actually works really well, um, and I think that's what makes this movie so good, is the the difference in probably the type of human. Like I'm not saying Robert De Niro is a piece of shit by any means, but he's also definitely more of a tough guy than I would see Charles Grodin being, you know. So I feel like their characters, they kind of mirror their characters a little bit in life. Mm-hmm. A little more hard ass versus more of a nice guy. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they play off each other really well. So I feel like those two win the movie and then we all win the movie just by how much fun it is.
0: Right. Um, before I get to your uh, winner, Mark, I do want to touch base because uh, we got rid of the Eric Stoltz Award because we couldn't, usually, we didn't have any nominees. So I didn't bring it up on this particular episode. But since you did. I kind of want to hear uh, who you would replace in this movie. I'm guessing, I mean, since you brought it up, it's probably one of the two main leads.
1: Um, no, De Niro's fine. I mean, I, I here's the thing. The movie is so well-written, I think you almost could put somebody like Harrison Ford in it or Mel Gibson or Kurt Russell in this movie. It's going to work really well. I know De Niro has this specific, like, Idiosyncrasies and ticks and everything, and it works really well. It does. Um, but I'm like, going, okay, so who can you cat- recast to make it interesting? And Charles Grodin is one of these guys that, um, like, I'm like, well, you know who he is, but do you remember all the movies he was in, really?
2: Uh, fucking Beethoven. Because when I was yeah, growing up, fucking Beethoven, I loved yeah. him in that movie. Dog movie? <laughs> yeah, because, I, well, I was, I was a kid.
1: Right. I remember him. I remember him in um, uh, the Lonely Guy with Stephen um, the Steve Martin, which is an old '70s movie. But I'm a Steve Martin fan, so it's like a, I mean, he has that that type of thing. But I'm like thinking, who could play this role too? And I thought, well, um, I thought actually Martin Short could do it, if he's not so like loosey goosey with his thing, but he could play it more straight. Um, I think the Robin Williams idea that they had was okay, but he was he's still too.
0: Like, yeah. See, I don't like cold. Robin Williams and that at all. Like no, I no think neither, he would have went into just doing like bits and I just don't think it would have worked.
1: Right. And the other person I thought of, and I don't know why this character, like actor came to mind was a uh, Steven Tablowski. You guys like, okay, is, like I, I know who I mean, he is. I was just trying Drown to, Day. he's Ned Ryerson. Um, yeah. Ned Ryerson. Yeah. And I don't,
0: I don't know seen why Brown this guy would...
2: Day in a long time. I don't remember.
0: What do you think, Russ? Maybe no, no, no. I I think what makes it work so well is the fact that Groden's not an A list star, and I think you're going a little too too character actorish with Tobolowski. You know, like I think Groden was kind of perfect because he's he. Now the only guy that I could see doing this as well as Groden would have been Albert Brooks. Yeah, I saw him. As he was he was considered at one point. I think. Albert Brooks kind of became the go-to. If you wanted Charles Grodin, it's like, oh, just get Mel Brooks instead. Because they kind of play like similar type roles for the most part. Kind of like Eisenberg and Sarah. Not quite like that, but.
2: Oh, I just looked up uh, Albert Brooks and yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, maybe Albert Brooks, but I think it it works well because you don't have like a A A-list star kind of taken away from De Niro a little bit. De Niro's able to kind Very of let great. do his own thing, but yet he kind of, like, he lets her, gives everybody else a chance to shine by, like, kind of taking a step back. He's not trying to be too funny. He's kind of toned down his tough guy role. I, I think what Lucas said, I think him Groden just, they bounce so well off one another that I can't really, I couldn't recast this movie. Okay. And I think that that's, for me, they win the movie, too. For that reason. I, I just think that, like, for me, that no one ever got the vibe that those two have quite right beforehand and no one got it, mastered it afterward. Because, like, the buddy cop, the archetype for, like, the mismatched pair, I think it kind of ran its course finally in, what, like, the early 2000s maybe? What was that, Uh, Downey Jr. and...
2: Uh... Fuck the guy from The Hangover.
0: Where they were like going across country. Oh, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, that was like the last
2: time, last uh, try on that, I think.
0: Yeah. And then uh, was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang before? Yeah, it was because Robert was and wasn't big.
2: Kiss Kiss Bang Bang
0: 2008? Yeah, well, that movie was movie, too. Though? Huh? You think it's a buddy movie though? Oh, yeah, easily. Why, well, why, you gave me a look. Why isn't it a buddy movie? I don't know. I don't think
1: I, I it just doesn't come across that just from what I remember of it. But I mean, it's been a while. Since oh, I yeah. Seen I see, it yeah, I see.
0: It's been a while since I've seen it, too. Well, Mark, who wins so the I mean. movie for you then? Um, I think Martin Brest does. I oh, think really? the, 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 the Fuhrer? The,
1: yeah, I think the screenplay is perfect. Honestly, I do. I don't think Martin I mean, Brest
0: wrote the screenplay, though. I think he did. Wrote and directed it? He directed it. He well, Mark, you keep talking, and I will. George Gallo mm-hmm. wrote this movie. Okay, well, then I guess I George Gallo, who also wrote Bad Boys, he wrote. Uh, let's see. The whole, the whole nine yards. Bad Boys two. C spot run. <laughs> He wrote all of those Midnight Run sequels that they made for TV. and Are those, are those any good? Or are they shit? I never bothered to watch them because it's like, I'm not watching the Dollar Tree version of Midnight Run, sorry. Which that's you could weird. find those three sequels probably at the Dollar Tree as a three-pack.
2: And by the way, I really like the whole nine yards. So if you're giving it to the to that screenwriter, uh, Mark, that's a good choice. I, I think I am. I, really I just
1: think... It's it's a good script. I mean, we had a we had an issue with the just coming up with a with a really good not really issue with a good quote line, but I mean, all the dialogues <clears throat> like entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. and memorable. So it's like yeah. if you watch, when you watch the movie again, you're like, oh, he's about to say it. Oh yeah, you know,
2: yeah, it's it's, it's good when you just, you know it's coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I, I read that he uh, mirrored the dialogue off of his parents. <laughs> oh, what, between Grodin and De Niro?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, my, I don't think my, well, I don't remember my parents arguing too often because I'm a child of divorce, but I guess, yeah, they kind of bicker like an old married couple. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe
2: that's what makes it work too, you know?
0: Yeah. Right place at the right time.
2: Uh, I mean, the, movie, the the movie's definitely
1: underrated. So. Oh, yeah, and- it's definitely underrated for sure. It's, it's a shame, though, at this point. It, it does... It unfortunately does come become, become dated if you don't know what year it came out. So, just because... See, I don't technology. think it is
0: dated, though. Because, I mean, it, you could easily take that whole plot and make it in 2021, and without cell phones, it still works. Right. Which, I mean, most of those movies from the 80s probably aren't working quite as well. But, yeah, I think Midnight Run, you could easily just put that... You could... Do like Kevin Hart and The Rock, guys? Kevin Hart, Rock. I know you're listening. We're not encouraging you <laughs> to do the Midnight Run remake.
1: They did Central Intelligence.
0: Yeah, they've done. Yeah, they've done a couple. They're probably the modern day. Like that's probably the closest thing we get to buddy, buddy stuff now is Kevin Hart and The Rock. So yeah, they've done what three movies together? The two Jumanjis and Central Intelligence. Yeah. I don't know what else they were in. I know they were in something else, probably. Yeah.
2: I was, you know, I, you were talking about how it was overrated, and I'm looking at some of the uh, the comedies of 1988. That was a big year for comedy. It's a big-time year for comedy. We talk about other people
1: that were, that were recast, too, and I'm like, going, Harrison Ford couldn't do it because then he wouldn't have done um um The Last, last Crusade because that came out in 89, so they had to shoot it sometime. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the other people were working on stuff at the time, so <clears throat> it's no wonder they had problems getting it cast. Mm-hmm. But I mean, does it? Ha- think about this, Russ. If this movie has Harrison Ford in that role, does it have a bigger box office?
0: Do you think? Oh yeah, I think so. It's just I mean, Harrison Ford was like kind of like the big draw of the '80s. I oh mean, yeah. Yeah. Probably in terms of like just box sure. office, I don't think there's been anybody has quite the run he's had. So yeah, I think it would have yeah. done more money for sure. He was and
1: big I, in I, the I, early I was, '90s too. Right? I was thinking about this too. I'm like, De Niro, he has to do this movie when he did it, because if he puts this thing out after Goodfellas, I don't think it works. Mm-hmm. I think his, I think his like persona after Goodfellas was completely different. I mean, he had to freaking do something like Showtime to chop it down a lot. Ooh. yeah, exactly.
0: Are you talking about you're you're talking about paycheck Robert De Niro now? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It's like daddy needs a new yeah, I mean, pool or I've got yeah, paid for me my the, divorce the, De Niro. And, and the somebody says about like meet the parents, but those movies are somewhat entertaining. So yeah, the first meet the parents is okay, but I mean, he just made some fucking garbage comedies, but I, I think that like with those, he's not trying to lean into what he does best. Right. He's trying right. to be funny, and it just doesn't work.
2: Well, I think that's why Meet the Parents. I think he works in that movie because of he's being himself.
0: Right. Although I think with Meet the Parents, I think one of those was good enough. They didn't – what did they do, make three of them? Yes. Yeah,
2: and two and three aren't very I
0: don't,
1: good. I don't, I don't, the third one – and I. it's been so long since I've seen him. The third one did have um Dustin Hoffman and Bette Miller doing – the parents, I think, or something. Yeah. And and was it the second or the
0: third one? I thought it was the second one <clears throat> it had Hoffman and. Yeah, I you're think right. the second one. I, Streisand's like the, uh, the mom in that. Mm-hmm.
1: Streisand, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's someone that's been I've seen him.
0: Mm-hmm. Really a singer that... actress was in that movie. Yeah.
2: See, I think this whole conversation running on just tells you that, you know, how good Robert De Niro was in this movie. Mm-hmm. just because we, we've we gone on so long talking about some of the other stuff that wasn't very good and some of the stuff that was not bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Mark said, he needed to do this at this time,
0: and he does really well at it. Well, yeah, he was coming off of some – like he, I know he had done – I think he was Al Capone in The Untouchables right before this movie, sure. and he yeah, played the devil. Too. What was that, Ain't that movie where he plays the devil? Um. Jesus, Angel Heart, Angel Heart, yes. Yeah, he was the devil, and then he did that movie with Jeremy Irons, where they're the two, uh, The Mission. Yeah, The Mission, and then <clears throat> he was in The King of Comedy, but that's like a that's a black comedy. That yeah, that movie's fucking like fucked up in so many ways, which is basically <laughs> where the Joker, I think, is gets gets a lot of its inspiration from, but. Um, well, do either one of you chaps have anything you want to add to this before we wrap this bad boy up? No, sir. I think uh,
2: I think we pretty much covered it after we <laughs> pick who won the movie.
0: All right. Well, Mark, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. We will Appreciate bring you back on. at some point soon. We'll have to do a movie that you actually like.
1: I do like this movie a lot, Russ. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's, not, I got, I got I full,
0: it's not. I know it's not. to
1: give you A little a little bounce back, you know. It's it's that not Cinema Paradiso. I've never seen that movie.
0: Neither have I. I just, when I was looking up movies in 1988, that movie popped up. I keep meaning to watch it, but I'm like, I don't of want course to you did. That one. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, it was a blast. Uh, we will be back next week. So, until then, we will catch you guys later. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as we did recording it. And if you haven't seen Midnight Run, I highly recommend going over to Netflix or Peacock and checking it out right now. It's an underrated classic for sure. Coming up next week, we've got Home Alone, which is going to be its 31st anniversary coming up. Wow, it's hard to believe that movie 31 years old this week. So please check us out. Uh, subscribe, listen wherever you get podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, pretty much all the major platforms. Uh, be sure to tell a friend. If you enjoyed what you hear today, if you didn't like what you heard today, just forget you even wasted an hour of your day. Either way, we hope you guys have a great week, and we will talk at you next Monday.